This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to this time of worship with Faith Christian Reformed Church of Elmhurst. Today is Pentecost, and this is the Sunday where we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, which is another way of saying this is a day where we celebrate the reality that the Lord is in us, that He is with us, and that He is for us. Even in strange and out-of-routine times, we have so much to give thanks for, and so we gather, even though it's virtual, we gather to worship the Lord, to hear His Word, and to rejoice in His Spirit. One particular thanks that we have this week is for all of our church members and all of our family members and friends who have graduated this year. While the celebrations and the ceremonies didn't happen as they usually do, we want to take the opportunity to remember our graduates. We have a slideshow up on our church website. We'll have some things on social media. And you can check out all of our graduates, a little bit about where they graduated from and what the next steps are in their life. So check that out. And with us, as we can in these strange times, join us in celebrating their hard work and the next steps they're taking in their lives. And now receive this greeting from the Lord as we begin worship. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And in response to God's greeting on this Pentecost day, we're going to sing, Holy Spirit, living breath of God.
And let's continue by going to our great God in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you and we admit and we confess that we are not good enough, that we do too much that is wrong and that we don't do enough of what is good, that even at our best we just, we just can't do what you call us to do. And so, Father, we thank you for the forgiveness that you give us in your great love and grace. We thank you for Jesus who, who died to save us from our sins. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit who you sent to spread the good news of the gospel around the world and to bring that good news home into our hearts. Father, we ask that through your Spirit you transform each of us. Teach us to worship and to love you above all else. And teach us to love and to care for our neighbors like we care for ourselves. And Father, we pray that for those of us who are in particular times of need, that you provide the refreshment that we so desperately desire as we walk these hard roads. We think of Dale Corda's family, of, of Ruth especially, but the whole family is they mourn Dale's passing away. We think especially of Tara, too, as she undergoes cancer treatments, even in the midst of her grief and loss. Father, we pray, too, for Barb and Mar- Bob and Marcy Lanning as Marcy undergoes some tests and treatments for heart and kidney issues, and, and as Bob is pretty isolated in this time, we pray that you provide for them all that they need. We think of Danielle Voss, too, and we ask that you resolve the blood clots that she's experiencing without any further issues. And Father, we we pray that you bless Evelyn Zielstra with a sense of of community and and a sense of being where she belongs, even as she recovers from from a back treatment in unfamiliar surroundings. Father, for those we think of especially in this time, but for all of us, these are These are strange times, and it can be hard to see your grace in your presence. And so we ask that you open our eyes to see how you are at work and give us the help and the strength that we need to get through today. We pray this especially for our graduates this year as as they've had to forego a lot of the ceremonies and the celebrations, and, and as it's just been a strange time of of celebration and yet also of, of grief in a sense that it just isn't, isn't quite right. But Father, we pray that you bless our graduates with the ability to give thanks for what they've accomplished and to look ahead to the next season of life with excitement. And so we pray for Jenny and for Leah, for Carson, for Allison and Elijah and Hannah and Joelle and Matthew and Megan and Patrick and Sarah for Andrew and Will. Lord, we ask that you bless each of them as they take their next steps, whether that's moving up to the next level of education or or stepping into a career. And Father, as they grow, as as they look toward the next step of life, toward, toward leading where you, toward following where you lead, we pray that you bless abundantly that you let this be a time that they can look back on and and rejoice in how you worked even in these unusual times. Father, again this week, we give you thanks for our nation, for the freedom, for the prosperity we enjoy, for the many opportunities that we as, as individuals and as a nation have had to do good in this world. But Lord, we also bring our hurt and our heartaches before you. Even this last holiday weekend, so many people died of violence in the Chicagoland area, and it seems like that never ends. It goes on holiday after holiday, year after year, and, and we just don't know what to do about the chaos. And we pray, too, for Minneapolis in the aftermath of George Floyd's death in police custody, and now protests and riots and endless trouble there. There are so many things in this world that don't work right, that don't make sense, and that, that we don't know what to do with. And Father, maybe most of all in this time, we think of the pandemic and, and all the trouble that it's caused in our lives and around the world. We pray that you bless our state as we move toward the next phase in, in response to the coronavirus. 
We pray that as things open up a little bit more, that you help all of us to move forward wisely and safely. Keep the spread of the virus at a minimum. We ask that you enable businesses and the economy overall to pick back up. And bless all of us with renewal and relationships as we can get out more and we can see other people a bit more and our our communities can reconnect. And Lord, we pray that you give us here at Faith and other churches in the community wisdom as we as we worship virtually in this time and as we begin to hope and think about what it might look like to reopen physically again. We pray that you help leaders of faith, help government officials, help all of us to work together to arrive at the best possible plans. Give us wisdom in these challenging times. And Father, we ask that as we celebrate Pentecost today, that that you help us to live in the joy and the power and the renewal of your Holy Spirit. Help us to be grateful for this day of rest. Help us to be grateful that we can worship you, that, that you are always listening. Give us peace from our busyness, peace from our boredom, peace from our worry, and peace from our fear. And help us this day and always to look forward to the celebration that we will enjoy in your presence forever and ever. And help this time of worship to be a foretaste of the great heavenly banquet that we will enjoy with you forever and ever. Amen. As we continue in worship, we'll go to the Lord and praise Him, our fount of every blessing. Let's sing. truly is the source of all of our blessings in this life, and and so we want to perpetually give thanks to Him. These days in particular, we want to thank the Lord and, and thank those of you who've been able to give for how He has provided through you for the continuing needs of our church. We really have been blessed to continue to receive the resources that we need to keep our church running and to care for those in need. As we go forward, the deacons continue to want to call our attention to giving to our general fund, that's the fund that covers our ongoing church expenses, also to giving to our benevolence fund, which helps to provide for those in need, 
and then our Timothy Fund, which supports the Christian education of the children of faith. We also want to encourage you as you're able to give to other kingdom causes that help to spread the gospel and also to provide for those in need in our communities and all around the world. The Lord has greatly blessed us and part of that blessing overflows into us being able to bless others. The Lord cares for us. Let's respond by caring for our church, for each other, and for our world. And now let's profess our faith. Let's tell the truth about the Lord and what we believe in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe a holy Catholic church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We'll prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord by singing, Spirit Divine, attend our prayer. Let's prepare to hear God's word by singing. Having sung a prayer for the Holy Spirit to come, let's go to God's Word and trust that, that He, the Spirit, uh, will bless our reading. We're going to be reading 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 12, as we're continuing in this 1 Thessalonians series, Christ's Coming and Workaday Living. Chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. This is God's holy and infallible word. Finally, brothers, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. 
The Lord will punish men for all such sins as we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. Now, about brotherly love, we do not need to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all the brothers throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers, to do so more and more. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, and so that you will not be dependent on anyone. That's God's word for us today. Brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, have you noticed all the people taking walks during these past weeks during the stay-at-home order? You always, we always see this as the weather gets warmer, but it's nothing like this here. Uh, we're all looking for ways to get out of uh, our houses and the four walls that we've been crammed in. Uh, and going on walks is a great way to get out. It's good exercise. It's renewing to be in nature, or at least the, how much nature we can experience here in the suburbs. It's energizing to see other people, even if we're still waving at them from a distance. You see couples early in the morning and maybe even also in the evening taking walks, people walking or running alone or with a dog or two. You see some groups of friends sometimes. You see grandparents with grandkids. What's most striking is how many dads you see with their kids out and about. And uh, you don't normally see that just because so many dads aren't home much. We were, able to spend, we were able to spend the holiday weekend this past week um, in Michigan, and it's the same there. People on walks, biking, out in nature. This has been one of these real blessings of these times, huh? The simplicity, uh, the peace, the quiet of a walk with a friend or a loved one or a pet. We often talk about the Christian life as a walk. We talk about our walk with God, and, and we do that because the Bible does that. We read in our verse the call to live to please the Lord. In other places, Ephesians 4, Colossians 1, we read the call to live a life worthy of the Lord. The word to live in all those cases literally is to walk. And that's why Christians talk about walking with the Lord. We walk with the Lord in our workaday living, day by day, hour by hour. In the previous chapter, where we were last time, Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, longs for us Despite trials and hardships on the walk of life, he longs for us to survive, to make it, and more for us to thrive on our walk with the Lord. And even more than all that, that we would abound in living for the Lord. In other words, overflow with his grace. Uh, Psalm 23 says that the cup of the believer overflows Right after that prayer for that abounding, we see in our passage now how to abound in grace, how to walk with and for the Lord. We abound first with purity. We're called to be holy. That is what sanctified in verse 3 means. We know God is holy. We abound first with purity. We're called to be holy, which is what sanctified in verse 3 means. We know God is holy, and so his people are called to holiness. It means to be set apart from the world, different, to be pure, whereas the world in sin is impure, it's tainted. The specific focus 
in our verses is sexual purity. And this is a big challenge for us today, living with impure images, content all around us, all over the place. Uh, We read about it here, though, because back during the time of the early church, the early Christians living in the Roman Empire in the first century, it was a great challenge to walk with purity, too. The culture in that time knew nothing about God's call to faithfulness and marriage between a husband and wife. Commentaries on the Bible relying on the history of that time tell us that marriages back then almost always were arranged. They were never about love. Husbands were usually like in their 20s. They'd be matched with a young woman barely in her teens, and they usually would never have met. It it was expected that outside of the marriage, the man would have relationships with prostitutes, mistresses, female slaves. There's a famous Greek orator named Demosthenes, and he describes the situation back then, uh, talking about the men. Mistresses we keep for our pleasure, concubines for our day-to-day physical well-being, and wives to bear us legitimate children and to serve as trustworthy guardians over our households. In addition to that, the false religions in that culture often involved visiting with prostitutes in the pagan temples. So what God's people were to consider as unholy, the world around them saw as totally normal. Living in this type of culture is why it had to be emphasized to the church, like we have in our reading. It was totally countercultural to be a Christian and maintain God's standard for purity and holiness. A couple of times in our verses, maybe you noticed, we read that the Thessalonian Christians were abounding in grace, were living to please God, and we can assume that they were doing pretty good on this too, in this area. But the call is, verse 1, to do it more and more. Be more and more pure. Like we talked about last time, this is God's word, and so ultimately this is Jesus speaking to his people, to his bride, to you and me. Friends, are, are you walking with this kind of holiness? Are you abounding in grace with purity? How are God's people doing on this in our day? I'm not talking about the world. We know where the world is at. The question is, are we staying pure from the influence of the world? Christian men, how are you doing with all the images out there designed to catch our eyes and drag us into places God does not want us to go? Young couples, how are you doing? How many Christian couples, unmarried, are acting like and living like married couples? I'm concerned about it. I'm concerned as Christians we're living impure lives and and not even thinking much of it because it's what everybody else around us is doing. I know there are Christian young people, singles, couples who are concerned to keep themselves pure. And if that's you today, praise the Lord. May God continue to bless you as you keep striving to abound in purity. For those who have been, let's say, a little more careless about this, my prayer is that you'd be hearing this from the Bible today and that you'd be convicted by the Holy Spirit about impure behavior and then that you could repent of your sin. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In this area of sexual purity, too, we've all sinned in it, in our thoughts, our words, our deeds. But thankfully, the Lord has made a way through his son, Jesus, that we can be made holy and pure regardless of what we've done or haven't done. 
in our lives. When we embrace Jesus' work on the cross and his resurrection from the grave, we're cleansed, and then we're filled to overflowing with his grace so that we can abound in purity and walk in a way that pleases God more and more. We also abound with love. How do we abound? How do we overflow with grace on our daily walk? Well, with purity and now with love. Verse 9, this isn't just about any love. It's about brotherly love. Philadelphia is what it actually says. Philadelphia. And this is a love that people have for each other in the church. So to think of this brotherly love, this Philadelphia I want you to think, if you know him, of Brian Claypeer from our church. It'll help you remember this word and what it means. He and his family moved here from Philadelphia a few years ago, and he leads our brotherhood ministry. Every Wednesday evening, there's a Zoom meeting where men can share how they're doing, what God's doing in their life these days. Uh, the brotherhood facilitated by someone from Philadelphia is a ministry God is using to help us as a church to help men grow in brotherly love. In our text, of course, uh, the word covers both men and women in the church. We read, we don't need to tell you about this, so they're doing okay in this love in the church family. We don't, need, we don't need to tell you about this. In other words, they're doing all right. But yet, he does still tell them about this because we can always be growing more in grace over time. Like, people are, are walking a lot more these days. Uh, there's also a, a lot of bike riding, right? I've been doing that bike riding to church sometimes, like I always do, bike riding with the family, with my daughters. Um, and, and it reminds me of, of, a, of a grandpa with a grandchild in the car who, this grandchild is just learning to drive, and the grandpa's giving this new driver some pointers as they go along. Um, and as they come up to someone, a group of people biking, grandpa gives his advice Always make sure you leave a lot of room for bikes. Slow down and go around. And especially, Grandpa says, when you see a child on the bike, a little kid, they tend to swerve. They don't ride as straight as adults and so go way down, slow way down and go way around. Like Christians... And our walk with God, the general pattern is that we can swerve a bit, but over the years, we go forward in God's grace. Again, not that we never mess up as we mature, but by God's grace, as the years go on, we walk straighter on God's path. And so even though we, like the Thessalonians, might be doing okay, we have to keep at it so that more and more we abound in grace, so that we walk straighter on the path of life. There are always some swerves and curves on our walk to straighten up, and, and so we keep at it. We read about their love for God's family in the province they lived in, in Macedonia. Chapter 1 says they showed that love there. They showed their love in their province. They lived it out in their workaday living. They lived so that it was obvious to everyone. How did they show this living for Jesus in their workaday living? Well, we don't know exactly. We don't see it. We just know it was obvious to everyone. One thing we think it might be is that we know that church 
all the churches in Macedonia were very, very poor. In, in, in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, we read about giving generously and not under compulsion. And the background is a benevolent offering for the Christian churches in Macedonia. So maybe the way the Christians in the city of Thessalonica showed their love was by giving to others in their region who were in poverty. Kingdom giving remains an important way to abound with love for God's people, but there are a lot of other ways that we can abound. When you think about abounding, how, how, are you, how are you doing today? How are we abounding in grace with love for others in the church family specifically, like 9 and 10 are talking about? If we are abounding in love, we should be able to see it. It should be obvious. There should be concrete ways in our lives. So, are you abounding in love of the church people? Are you overflowing in your giving, in prayer? Maybe it's in encouraging people with notes and calls in the church family in these days? Are there other ways? If you can't come up with much of anything that you can think of in your life, ask for the Holy Spirit to make it clear how exactly you can abound in love in your life today. And then also pray that he would give you the strength and energy to carry through on doing this. There's a final way to abound, to have a closer walk with God, to live in order to please him, and that is to abound with integrity. We move from our personal lives with purity to brothers and sisters in the church with love, and now to those outside the Lord, outside the church. We read the call for believers in our verses to live a quiet life and to mind their own business. This is probably emphasizing the same thing. Quiet life, minding your own business. And it's talking about not causing a ruckus in society being calm, being patient. We don't freak out with protesting this or that. Uh, for, for them there, and then it could have been due to the, pro, the persecution they were dealing with. Uh, with. They, they are, are being called to lay low. Celebrating Pentecost today and the coming of the Holy Spirit, that happened because Jesus ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, ruling over all things. Believers know that. Believers live accordingly, with a quiet confidence that everything is going to be okay. It's in God's hands. More, we're in God's hands. We're not troublemakers in society. We don't stir the pot. And, and if we're forced to go against God's will in any way, by any law, we quietly keep doing God's will putting it before man's laws, no, no matter the consequences. The call to work with your hands may be because a lot of Christians in that church did work with their hands, but it certainly points all believers wherever to make an honest living for themselves in order not to be dependent on anyone. In all this, it's winning the respect of outsiders, those outside the family of God, that steadiness, that calmness, that work ethic, it's, in, it's, in, it's an integrity. It's all a witness to others. With the Lord, our lives abound. They overflow with grace. How does a day-to-day -day walk that's abounding look? Well, on any walk, especially if it's a long one like our Christian journey is, you take supplies with you. 
water and food and good shoes. On our Christian walk day to day, God's Word today calls us to take with us purity, love, and integrity. The Holy Spirit was sent that first Pentecost to fill us with more than enough power and grace so we can abound in these gifts, to have them fill our own hearts and lives to overflowing in order to share them with each other in the church family and with all people. You've probably noticed uh, a lot of like sayings, a lot of memes during this stay-at-home order. Uh, One says this, we're all going to emerge from the quarantine in one of four different ways. We're going to emerge either as a monk, as a hunk, as a chunk, or a drunk. Have you heard that one? What's it going to be? How are you going to emerge? How about instead of those, those four options, we all commit to emerge abounding in grace. I want that to be my goal as your pastor, as a husband, as a father, as a Christian man. I know I'm far from arriving, but I also know that with the Spirit's help, I can and am growing on my daily walk more and more. Where do you most need God's help today? In purity? In, in love? In the church family? In integrity? As a witness to those who don't know the Lord? You need to grow in all three of them? God will help you. He will help all of us when we ask him to grow in our walk. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, make a difference in, in our lives. Plant your word deep inside of us. Help us to grow more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing together in response to the message. Let's sing now. of the Lord Jesus, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.